Because the, the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I repeat, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good things, good news, good tidings unto the poor, unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Say amen to Jesus. To proclaim liberty. Say liberty. To the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are what? Bound. An opening of reasons. Go to verses 2. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the day of our Lord's vengeance. To comfort all who mourn. Say all who mourn. Yeah. To provide for those who mourn in Zion. I came to announce to you again. And I want you to read this with me. Please stand and read this with me. Huh? It's necessary that you stand with the word of God as it's being read. Hallelujah. Say to your neighbor, it is necessary. It is an act of obedience, of giving reverence to his word. Yeah, yeah, I'm just explaining to you. I'm explaining to you. Huh? Just, just flow with me, you know what I mean? Tell somebody, just flow with the pastor, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is necessary. Because, you see, when you sit down, you become too, your, your body is not activated. But the moment you stand on your two legs, every muscle now has to, oh my God. You see, the difference from not recognizing your ability from moving from one place to the other place is your ability of standing. The crippled sits. When you and I are sitting, there's no difference. Between what is crippled and what is not crippled. But when you stand on your two legs, that is where you know those who have ability to carry the word with them. It means that they are no longer limited by the word. They are not just hearers of the word, but they become doers of the word. Did you get me here? So tell somebody, don't, don't be upset by standing to read the scriptures. It's good for you. Uh-huh. To provide to those who mourn in where? Zion. To give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil, instead of what? Mourning. And a splendid clothes instead of what? Despair. Actually, I want you to give me the NIV version here. Yeah. So we use generalized words that everybody can understand. Because sometimes some of these translations are too, too, too big. Can you give me the NIV? No NIV. May the mercy of the Lord help us. Hallelujah. Okay. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty of ashes... And the oil of joy for the morning. The garment of what? Praise. For the spirit of what? Heaviness. That they might be called trees of what? The planting of the Lord. That he might be what? Glorified.
glorified. Oh, say amen unto Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. Please have your seat. This morning I've been assigned to speak on the subject, the garment of praise. Tell somebody, the garment of praise. Yeah. You know, I want us to recognize something that I, I, I want to share with you. Something that I thought was very profound and unique this morning. As I was waiting upon the Lord and, you know, trying to ask him for his grace and put all the pieces together. Huh? My oldest daughter, Gabrielle, came into the office and I overheard her first in, in, the, in the mix of the hallway saying, I have forgotten what is so important for me to even think about this morning. And I heard it and I said, what is she talking about? And then she walked into my office and she said, so dad, what do you think I should wear today? And I said, I don't know. And she said, no, 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 this is very important. This is a very important thing. I need to know what I need to wear. What do you think I should wear today? And I said, honey, please, as the Lord leads, wear whatever you want to wear. What am I saying here? There is a certain place and a certain thing called the garment. And it's a garment that has uniqueness of ourselves. There are some things that when you put on because it's not part of your nature, no matter how much you try, it just doesn't fit. If I try to come and stand here and try to look certain way, you will say your pastor has changed. Because what you are used to is the way I dress up. Because the way I dress up is a reflection of my inner being. You didn't get to me here. It speaks of volume. Tell somebody it speaks of volume. So one particular story that we learn in the scriptures that brings this place to a reality is the book of Genesis 37. Let's go to Genesis 37 verses 3. Genesis 37 verses 3 going. If you are there, say amen. If you are not there yet, say God have mercy. Genesis 33, 37, sorry, 37 verses 3. Please work with me quickly so we can keep going through this. I'll read. It says, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made a nomad of robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them. They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Say so they hated him. Jacob loved Joseph. And the way to demonstrate his love for Joseph was the other translation says he made clothes of many colors. It means that the clothes that he made for Joseph had some uniqueness and meaning towards it. 
It wasn't just any ordinary clothes, but it was a certain clothes that separated Joseph from his brothers. One, it represents the magnitude of the father's love. This is what man has made for his own son. But to testify of the, 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 the love that he has for Joseph, he had to make clothes of many colors to put on Joseph. Are you following me here? Two, we learn that when it comes to the clothes of many colors, it also represents loyal, royalty. So when Joseph plays the robe of many colors over Joseph, when Jacob plays the robe of many colors over Joseph, what Jacob did not even recognize, what Joseph did not even recognize, that the father's ability of placing that royalty of clothes over him was a sign concerning what is yet to come. That Joseph was one day going to be a royal. You didn't get to me here. The father was already speaking into advance what is yet to be manifested. What is yet to what? Be manifested. So he plays the robe of what? Minicalis. As a child who is royal. Ah, my God. Help your people. He also said that it also made him unique from his, all his brothers. Meaning that the clothes that the father Jacob plays over Joseph set him apart. From all his brothers. I came to announce to somebody here. That God's intention concerning you. Is that you will be set apart. Among all people. Among all nations. Among all generations. So he says he plays a garment of praise over you. Because you have been what? Set apart. Are you following me here? Lastly, as you read on in Genesis 37 going, the Bible says that when his brothers took him into slavery, what they brought back to his, his, his father was the coat of many colors. Meaning that this coat, one, Joseph loved it. Joseph what? He loved it. Two, it was the identity of the loved son. It was the identity of what? The loved son. His brothers could not bring anything except the clothes of many colors. Because that was evident that indeed Joseph has been killed. Today I came to announce to you again that the Father has put on you a garment of praise that it does not matter what you have been going through. It does not matter where you came from. It does not matter who gave up on you. But I came to announce to you 
they could try to destroy you. But I came to announce to somebody here today that your garment of praise is your place of identity. That in the midst of everything, what brings you out of the storm, what defines you in the midst of your storm is what you have put on yourself. It's what the Lord has placed over your life. And that is the garment of your praise. The father said he mourned. He said he shall mourn to death. Why? Because they had given him the evidence of his son being dead. But Isaiah 61 again, verses 1. Verses 3. Sorry, verses, just actually have 1, 2, and 3 all together for me and sit there. Don't move. Verses... Verse 3 again says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty of what? Ashes. The joy of, the oil of what? Joy for mourning. Okay? It means that there is a transition. There is an exchange. Something that now belongs to you which is to appoint to them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty of, for what? Ashes. He's given you beauty instead of what? That he also has given you the oil of joy instead of what? Mourning. Okay? The garment of praise for the spirit of what? Heaviness. Tell somebody there's an exchange. So today, what I want to focus on is purely on the garment of praise. Because that was the assignment that has been given to me. But what the Bible teaches us here in this very scripture is that when we came to receive Jesus, there was an exchange appointed to us. That you do no longer walk around with ashes. You do no longer walk around in mourning. And I'll explain what this mourning is very soon. But you walk around with the garment of what? Praise. Hallelujah. Instead of the spirit of what? Heaviness. So to be able to bring your attention to this very place, I want to show you two things that is very necessary to understand when the scripture speaks of garment. What does it mean concerning your life? Because before I tackle the issue of garment of praise, that the garment of praise has been given to you to put on, you need to understand what garment, why God found it necessary for you to wear the garment of praise. Say hallelujah. Two things that the scriptures, when it speaks of garment, it's telling us and showing to us, one, it's the nature of our heart. Say the nature of my heart. The nature of your heart is your place of identity. Who you truly are. Two. The garment also represents the state of your spiritual position. Your spiritual position is your place of authority. Hallelujah. I want to elaborate on a few things here. 
the state of your heart. The state of your heart reveals your what? Identity. Okay? The Gospel of Matthew 22, verses 1 to 13. If you are there, let's go there quickly so we read it. Matthew 22, verses 1 to 13. Father, say amen. All right. I read. Then Jesus spoke to them again in the parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they what? Refuse. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My ox and my fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is what? Ready. Come to the wedding what? Banquet. Verse 5. But they paid no attention and went off. Right and line that. They paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. Then the rest seized his servant, mistreated them, and killed them. The, kings were, the king was outraged. Then he said to his servant, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I have invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite the banquet anyone who finds. Who you find? Excuse me. Verses 10. So the servant went out into the street and gathered all the people that, had, that could be found. The bad as well as what? The good. Amen. The wedding hall was filled with what? Guests. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Hear what the word, the word of the Lord says. It says that, but when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man. He noticed a man that was who was not wearing a wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes? Friend, the man was speechless. Then the king told the tenant, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness. Where there will be weeping and gashing of what? Teeth. For many are invited. Ah, I said many are invited. But a few are chosen. The, the, the king has deployed a word. That go and call for those I have invited. But those who have been invited refuse to come in. They went about their business. We are speaking about the Jews here. But I want to expand to you that when they neglected to come in, the king sent another word to everybody that could be found. It did not matter the good or the bad. It did not matter their past and their future. It did not matter their present. But God said, I want you to bring them all. But the thing is that when they came in, there was a protocol. Tell somebody there's a protocol. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And the protocol was that everybody that came in had to be put on a wedding cloth. Meaning that the king had also made availability for the cloth. Because the only reason the king can recognize that some man is not wearing the cloth of wedding is because all the cloth had to be unique. All the cloth had to look the same. But the cloth of this man was not the same cloth like everybody else. What am I saying here? I'm speaking about people that God has called you. And God has found you by the mercy of the Lord. You and I are here today because there is mercy. Mercy has found us. But when mercy came, sometimes we neglect the mercy. We want to still do what we feel like doing. When mercy came, sometimes we still want to have our rights, not the rights of the king. But I came to announce to somebody here that when you neglect the mercy, your heart says, I have no regard for you. Do you have regard for the father? How much do you regard him in your worship? How much do you regard him in your prayer life? How much do you regard him in your everyday life? How much do you recognize that he is the one that keeps you, protects you, abides in you, preserves you? How much do you recognize him? Because when mercy is at work, and you tap into mercy, it doesn't matter if you were part of the good or part of the bad. Because when mercy found Ruth, it did not matter where she came from. But when mercy found Ruth, she became a carrier of the coming son of God. I came to announce to somebody, if you will not neglect the mercy of God and recognize God, his invitation concerning your life, you enjoyed everything on the banquet. Tell somebody it speaks of the heart. I say it speaks of the heart. Yeah. The second thing here, the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 3 verses 1 to 7, I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of time, but it speaks over here how the devil was accusing the high priest and then God in front of God the, the devil was accusing the high priest and this was a revelation or a vision to reveal unto us the state of the people of Israel. And when you read forth in this entire scripture, you recognize that, are you there? Zachariah, yeah. In the mix of the accusation, hear me, in the midst of the accusation, when the devil was accusing that the people of God have sinned, see what God did. The Bible says, media team is, slow me down, huh? Mercy. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. 
If you are there, say amen. Are you bringing it up? All right, I read. I want you to look at verses 3. It said, Now Joseph was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. And the angel said to them, Who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Tell somebody, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin. It means that the filthy clothes represented the sin nature of the people of Israel. But when the devil accused the the, the high priest, God said, take off that clothes. For I have put a fine garment on you. Tell somebody a fine garment. The state's of the people was a state of sin. But for God to deal with his people, that filthy rug had to be taken off. I came to announce to you again today, whatever rug that you had put on in your life, it is only by him and through him that that rug can be taken off. I don't care what you did yesterday, But I came to announce to you that the power of God is more than able to take off every rug that does not belong to you. That no one can accuse you, but God himself will be your judge. In the mighty name of Jesus. Fine garment. Hallelujah. Ezekiel to the 42 verses 14. Likewise, the Bible says here, when it came to the people, the, the people of God, when it came to the, 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 the high priest, the Bible says that the high priest had to put on a, 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 a garment of the high priest. Now, the Bible say, gave this instruction that he said that when you are going into the people, you have to what? Remove that garment. Why? Because in the presence of God, There is a certain way you have to reveal yourself. In the presence of God, there is a certain heart that God is searching after. And in the life of the high priest, that represent their clothes represented who they were. I came to tell you today, when we are speaking about this garment of praise, it is not something that you put on today and you take off when you feel like it. But verses 1 of Isaiah 61. I will go there very soon. I want, us to show, I want to show you something else. I said that the, also the garment represents your spiritual what? Position. Say spiritual position. Go to the book of Luke, chapter, Gospel of Luke chapter 15, verses 22. Luke chapter 15, verses 22. All right, I read. Luke chapter 15, verses 22. This is when this lost son or the prodigal son has come back home. The Bible says, when he came to his senses, when he came to what? His senses and went back home and, and, and his father met him. Look at what the father first did in verses, in verses 22. It says that, but the father said to his servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. 
put a ring on his finger and a sandal on his feet. Here, he said, bring the what? The best robe. Meaning, when the boy was coming, he said that even in my father's house, myself, the servant, eat better than what I am eating. So I can imagine when he was going back home, he looked like one of the servants. But when the father identified him, what separated him from everybody else in the household was the new clothes that the father placed over his life. I came to announce to you today that because you have come to receive Jesus, the garment of praise is upon you. What separates you from everything else is the garment of praise. It is your place of authority. The boy could not act as a son without the true identity of the robe of the house of his father. The robe of the house of his father represented that this child has ability to command. This child has the ability to speak and people have to what? Do. Meaning, that when you are wearing the clothes and the garment of praise, you have the ability to speak to God. And by virtue of that, you are identified because of that identity. And God moves in his might and his power in your life. Hallelujah. Likewise, John chapter 11 verses 43 to 44. When Jesus Christ called forth Lazarus out of the dead grave, the Bible says that when Lazarus came out, he said, take off these clothes. Ah, my brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to explain to you is that when we speak about garment, uh, we are speaking about your identity and your position. Lazarus is alive now. But Lazarus cannot walk around with the same garment in the grave. You can't walk in the garment of your grave. You cannot keep on wearing the garment of your past. You got to put on a new garment. And it's called a garment of praise. Ah, I say it's called a garment of what? Praise. So what is the garment of praise? First, Isaiah 61 verses 1 going. Three things. One is the garment, the garment of praise. It says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. So first of all, the, the garment of praise, it is a spiritual cloth. It is what? A spiritual cloth that the Lord plays over our life. Because it is that very revelation of that cloth that Jesus Christ said, I have appointed to you. I have appointed to you not a spirit of heaviness, but a garment of praise. Hear this. Spirit of what? Heaviness. Spirit of what? Heaviness. So to be able to deal against a spirit, you need not a natural thing, but a spiritual thing. So a garment of praise has to be spirit-filled. Not just something that you put on. Not just because I have a collar on my neck when I'm preaching. Makes me fully 
a child of the living God. But what makes the difference is the evidence of your garment. Say the evidence of my garment. So in the next few minutes, I want to speak about this garment and also what? The receiver of the garment. And lastly, the purpose of this garment. Go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. I want to show you what this garment looks like so that when it comes to your everyday life, you will come to understand what it's all about. Colossians chapter 3. All right, I'll read. Verses 12 going. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with what? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievance against someone, I repeat it again, bear with what each other and forgive one what another. If any of you have grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Put on what? Love. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body, you were called to what? Peace. Ah. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing of God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, say to somebody, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. It says that therefore as God chosen people, Clothe yourself with compassion. Listen. Where there is praise, there is victory. The garment of praise says, when somebody does you wrong, you have the authority to forgive. You have the ability to forgive. Why? Because God has forgiven you. You are not bound to anything any longer. You see, when you, your only reason you can't forgive is because you are also in bondage. Can I say this? You can only give what you have. You cannot give forgiveness if you have not received forgiveness. So when God says that he has placed upon you the garment of praise, not the spirit of what? Heaviness. It means that everything that comes into your life to make you heavy. Heavy means to make you feel burdensome. Heavy means to make you feel depressed. Heavy means to make you feel hopeless. 
Heaven means that you don't see any good thing coming out of you. But the governor of praise says, you have the compassion of the love of God. God's kindness is with you. God has forgiven you. So when it comes to your life, you are walking around as a child of God because love reigns through you. You walk in love. You speak in love. You do all things in love because love is in you. The garment of praise has to be the testament. So Jesus Christ, he was speaking about himself in 61. Isaiah, he says that the spirit... Of the Lord is upon him. And he has appointed the garment of praise upon us. Check this out. So when he went into the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. You are holding on to so many things that people have done against you. But he has placed over your life the garment of praise. Meaning that you are not under bondage. You are not in prison. You are no longer under the, 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 the oppression of unforgiveness. But you have received forgiveness. You have received kindness. You have received compassion. God has had compassion over you. Tell somebody the compassion of God. And at the end he says that you have also received peace. When you have peace. Nothing can hold you back. It's only when you don't know what peace is. It's when you always feel troubled. But when you have peace, you walk through the fire and you are not worried about the fire. When you have peace, you go through the storm and then you're not worried about the storm. When you have peace, why? Because you are able to forgive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to show you something else. That is the garment of praise. Now, who are the receivers of this? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10. The Bible says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to what? Salvation. Right? And leaves no what? Regrets. But worldly sorrow brings what? Death. Correct? Are you here with me? Are you following me? Let me read it again. Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh what? Death. I want to teach this here. It's necessary. Godly sorrow brings what? Repentance. All right? Go to Isaiah 61 again, verses 3. You need to understand this. Because sometimes the problem here is that most of the time when we are preaching, we tend to focus on the promise and the blessings, but you need to understand that the promise and the blessings has a place of accountability. To appoint, to appoint unto them that mourn in what? Zion. Okay? Zion is the place of God. Jerusalem, the place of God's inheritance. 
So basically, Zion, there should not be any mourning. But the people that have received the promise of the oil of joy, the beauty, and the garment of praise are people that have gone through the place of mourning in Zion, meaning the people that have gone through the place of true repentance. Sorrowful that they want to know God. Repenting of sin. Saying no longer to sin. No room for sin. I want to speak to the body of Christ here. Because a lot of times we want to take hold of the promise, but yet we leave room for sin to still reign in our lives. Am I teaching something here? Whatever has been a sin over your life, any act of disobedience to God's word, I came to announce to you today, let it go. Don't give room to sin. Because this promise is, 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 is guaranteed for those who have come to godly repentance. Where it's no longer about themselves, but it's about God. We want the Father to bless us. But we don't have the heart to repent. But we are speaking about believers. That anything somebody does to you, you have a problem with them. I came to announce to you, my brothers and sisters, God promise doesn't fail. But you have to hold on to that promise based on what the standard he has put together. Let go and let God. Come to know him for who he is. Love him for who he is. Be obedient to his word. Hallelujah. So who are the receivers of this? Galatians 3 verses 26. Galatians 3 verses 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in who? Christ Jesus. So the recipient of these, this promise are those who have received Jesus as what? Lord and Savior. So the repentance leads to what? Salvation. Why? Because in that place of salvation, you are no longer of your own, but now you become a son. And when you read further, it will tell you that because you have become a son, the Spirit of the Lord is able to say, Abba, Father, through you. And God hears your prayer. Last portion is the purpose of this garment. Say the purpose. He says he has not given us a spirit of what? Heaviness. But a garment of praise. Meaning that the garment of praise comes to give us the ability to overcome every spirit of heaviness. Say heaviness. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you are there, say amen to that. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 to 11. I want to show you something here. It says, For I am not... 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 to 11. It says, We, had, we are hard-pressed on every side, 
but not crushed. Perplexed, but not what? Despair. Persecuted, but not what? Abundant. Struck down, but not what? Destroy. Hallelujah. We are hard pressed on each side. But because of the garment of praise, I said because of the garment of praise, I am more than a conqueror. It does not matter what I'm hard pressed by. It does not matter my persecution. It does not matter my forsaken. But no matter what I go through, because I have on the garment of praise. Because of the garment of praise, when my life situation tells me there is no hope, the garment of praise tells me there is still hope. Romans chapter 4, the Bible says, verses 18 going, it says that Abraham, against all hope, still what? Hoped. Because the garment of praise, which is the, the garment of Christ Jesus, was upon his life. And when you put on Jesus, I said, when you put on Jesus, when you put on Jesus, you can be hard pressed on both sides. You can go through persecution. They can forsake you. But when you put on Jesus, when you put on Jesus, I wish I'm speaking to a church here. I said, when you put on Jesus, no matter what you go through, no matter your situation today, when you put on Jesus, let me show you what happened when you put on Jesus. Go to the last place I want us to look at. It's the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. A man that put on Jesus. A man that put on Jesus. We will start from verses 34 going for the sake of time. The people of Israel have gone to war with the Philistines. And Goliath has come forth. And they are all afraid to face him. Verse 34 going. A certain man came to the scene. And when this man came into the scene, the Bible says, I want you to follow me quickly. Verse 34. It says, but David said to Saul, your servant had been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, say to somebody, when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the plow of the lion and the plow of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. When David showed up, J. David's reliance was on what God has done over his life. The God that rescued him when he was faced with a lion. The God that rescued him when he was faced with a bear. 
And he said that this also uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. I don't know what your mountains are. I don't know what your challenges are that may cause you to be in despair. But I came to announce to you that in the midst of the situation, you got to just say, God, I know what you did for me on Calvary. This uncircumcised Philistines, this mountain shall be moved. And the Bible says that Saul looked at him. And this is what Saul tried to do to help him. Sometimes you don't need anybody's help. All you need is God's help. If you have a testimony. Then Saul dressed David in his, in his own tunic. He put a cloth of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. There is a garment that needs to fit you. And that garment is the garment of praise. When the Holy Spirit come upon you, he said you shall do greater works than he has done. Because I don't need any other garment. Hey, Saul forgot that his garment could not take him before Goliath. Why are you taking somebody's garment that has failed him to deal with your situation? All you need is the garment that has shown a given record. This garment that never failed. This garment that went on the cross. My God, I wish I was speaking to a church here. The garment that went on the cross and did not even alter one word. But the garment that was able to say, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. The garment of praise that went into the grave. And in the grave, did not remain there. But in the grave, he opened the gates for the prisoners. He opened the gates for those whose hearts had been broken. Who has broken your heart that you can't seem to forgive them? Who has forsaken you? Put on the garment. Because that is your identity. He said, I am not used to this garment. But I'm used to one garment. So he took it off. I say he took it off. And the Bible says, he took it off. Then he took his staff in his hand. Chose five smooth stones from the stream. Then, but that in his pouch of his shepherd's bag and with a sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Verses 48, for the sake of time. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle, lying to meet him. When you are wearing the garment of praise, which is the clothes of Jesus, if Christ is on you, if Christ lives in you, if Christ is your life, you will not run against the battle. But you will run towards the battle. Ah, my God. You will run to the situation. Because you are not in heaviness. You are not in despair. 
no matter what may come my way no matter what may come my way i know that my god is my redeemer ah i am not running but i'm running towards it because i am not afraid what may come against me ten thousand will fall on my side but ten thousand on my right hand side i came to announce to you if you put on the garment of praise you don't become a runner away but a runner too and he ran towards it and the bible says he sent forth his sling and he took five stones but little did he realize all he needed was one He said, the battle, it's not your battle, it is his. What is making you so heavy? What is making you see things so impossible? What has caused you to lose all hope? Put on this garment. But this garment is not put on as if there is something you pick up. But it's put on by you saying, God, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I don't know what you have put your trust in. But I came to announce to you there's only one thing. That if you put your trust in it, it will make the difference. What have you put your trust in? In your academics. In your marriage. Over your children. Whatever it may be. What have you put your trust in? If you can put your trust in this Jesus. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. For when your situation comes, they will see Jesus rise on your feet. Give me all you in my lamp. Keep it burning. Give me all you in my lamp. I pray. Give me all you in my life. 